Welcome home. This is Audio EXP for the 8th of August 2020, and the title of this episode is Outside D&D. The last time we spoke, I was talking to you while Gen Con Online was still running, and now we know that 40,000 gamers attended that event too. In a fortnight, Virtually Expo, the online version of the UK Games Expo, will be with us. And if you regret missing Gen Con Online, then this might be the one to lure you in. Or, if you'd rather keep it strictly indie and low-key, then I want to give Nerdburger Online a shout-out to. Nerdburger is the publisher of Capers, as a superheroes in the Roaring Twenties RPG, and they're running their own convention. I said last week that we would tackle the start of the month goodies in this podcast, and it's been a busy news week, so let's dig in. The start of the month means the September poll for the RPG Publisher Spotlight is open. If you are a site patron, then there are five indie creators or publishers to vote for, and the winner, you guessed it, will get a write-up in September. The candidates are Ben Edwards, Brian Rantala, Creepy Assassin, Idle Creations, and Legendary Games. The winner for this month is Trohalla Press. Now, I do have an email address for the owner, Kenzin Andre, and I've tried to get in touch. So, we'll see what I can do as I think it would be great to speak to Ken for the spotlight. If that's not possible, we'll put something else together. There are two competitions running on the site right now. The first is for a card game called Gameception. Sorry to say, this competition is restricted to the UK only because the postage and packaging costs have been prepaid. Gameception is a game you play at the same time as other games. If you're playing Gameception, then you have some cards with actions and points. If somebody else does one of the actions while you're playing the other game, then you reveal your card and score the points. For example, you might have a card that says walks away from the table. And if somebody walks away from the gaming table while you're playing the other game, then you flip that card over and you reveal the points. The other competition is open to anywhere drive-through RPG is accessible. And it's for a PDF download from Fainting Goat Games. They have an amazing product a post-apocalypse setting called The After. In The After, the powerful aliens that conquered Earth and all but destroyed humanity have moved on. There are some survivors out in the wilds, in sparsely populated areas such as what was once North America's frontier. So the war is over, the enemy has gone. Now it's your chance to reclaim the Earth. The After uses a Savage Worlds Adventure Edition as a system. So you'll need a copy of that to get the most out of the setting. So that's a role-playing system that isn't D&D 5e. This week, Roll20 released their quarterly industry report on which games people are playing on their platform. We don't get user numbers, but Roll20 says that the numbers are booming. That won't be a surprise. Many of us have just gone through months of lockdown, and both regular and occasional tabletop games have gone online. In percentage terms, though, D&D 5e dominates. 53% of all campaigns played in Roll20 this quarter are D&D 5e games. The next most significant chunk, 16.5, are uncategorised games. Many of these will be homebrew. After that, can you guess what the next most popular RPG is? It's Call of Cthulhu, but only if you add all the additions together, and there are seven of those. Call of Cthulhu has an 8.5% share of campaigns in Roll20. Then it's Pathfinder at 4%, 
then it's Pathfinder 2 at 1.5%, and then it's D&D 3.5 with 1.3%. Yeah, D&D 3.5 gets played on Roll20 more times than the combined World of Darkness games, or the combined Warhammer games, and even Star Wars. Of course, Roll20 has a specific demographic, and you might speculate that older gaming groups or gamers who don't need character sheet management online or rule track ops or virtual maps might have jumped straight to playing just with Discord, Skype or Google Meet. Certainly, the last time Fantasy Grounds shared their stats, we could see that Savage Worlds was pretty popular, and Savage Worlds has only now just come to Roll20, so that's a good example of a genuine case where Roll20's data is not representative of all gamers. However, Roll20's data is statistically significant, and it's good enough for market analysis. This week, Geeknata covered lots of new product releases, and many of those were not D&D. So in the RPG section of this podcast, I'm going to talk about a few of those. And it's perfectly fine only to play D&D. Many people can't find a gaming group in the first place, and many others prefer only needing to deal with one system. However, if you're looking for a game outside D&D, then it's good to know you have plenty of choices. First up is a new indie studio called Thought Police Interactive. They have several products in alpha or beta playtest. Perhaps leading the way is their Motif Story Engine, which is already an Electrum bestseller at Drive-Thru RPG. They also have a weird fiction RPG called Never Stop Smiling, a King Arthur take called Arthur's Legacy, and an RPG about animated characters called Animatica. I think all four are interesting in their own right. This week, though, Thought Police Interactive's lead developer faces homelessness and their partner has been hospitalised. There's no charity appeal, but what Thought Police Interactive have done is put together some very attractive bundles for you. For just over 10 bucks, you can get their entire suite of products and a whole bunch more that they've already announced. That's the bottom end of the scale. At the top, there's a $199 tier, which will get you lifetime access to their games, even at cost printing coupons. Another bundle that's worth a look if you're quick enough is the Lebanese Red Cross Relief Fund at HEO. At the time of writing, 10 bucks will get you 52 indie RPGs, but this bundle closes very soon, because after that blast that ripped apart buried stocks, the money is needed urgently. I'll list just a few of the games there. There's the hex crawl for Mothership called The Last Nebula, a game called Vultures about bounty hunters in a corrupt system that Geek Naked have already looked at and I rather liked. There's Ghost Orbit by Bad Quail Games and Here Lies Death Gods by Maria Misson. Authors Ben Costa and James Parks have a young adult graphic novel series called Rickety Stitch and the Gelatinous Goo about an animated skeleton and his friends exploring a ruined world, finding evidence of a better life before, and trying to understand the mystery of his own existence. Now, Costa and Parks have released an RPG based on the series. It's in playtest, and for now, it's a pay-what-you-want with a recommended price of $0. It's called The Land of M, or Eam, and it comes in a bundle that includes a sandbox for an area known as the East to be Forest and an impressive map of the Mucklands. And that's all free. I usually encourage people to pay something for a pay what you want, but I don't often see a recommended $0 price tag suggested by the authors. I suspect, though, 
that the land of Eam won't be free forever. Tinstar Games have worked with Indie Press Revolution to make a physical copy of Relics available to purchase. In Relics, you play as a fallen angel. By choice, you left heaven and you lost your powers. Why? To help humanity in the war against the demons. It was the right thing to do, you felt. Now, God is gone. You're locked out of heaven and the war has not been won. Your powers are starting to return, but so is the power of the demons. Sound interesting? While you can get the book at Indie Press Revolution, there's a pay-what-you-want quick-start guide at DriveThruRPG. Something to look at if you want a closer look before jumping in. In publishing, released Strontium Dog for their Judge Dread and the Worlds of 2000 AD. That uses their wound system. What is old is new. Strontium Dog is a strange comic at times, but essentially it features a mutant called Johnny Alpha, who's a bounty hunter. In this bleak future, Britain has mutants, thanks to a strontium fallout after a nuclear war, and pretty much the only job they are allowed to do is the dangerous business of being a bounty hunter. The RPG was written by Darren Pierce, John White and Mark Langworthy. Now, Mark Langworthy gets a second mention because his company, Rescar Publishing, is helping Dark Horse Comics and Mantic Games make a new Hellboy RPG. The first Hellboy RPG used GURPS and was published by Steve Jackson Games. I rather liked it, but I had a good GURPS GM all those years ago. This new Hellboy will use 5e. What do you think about that? Mantic have been very good, and speedy, to highlight all the adaptations that they and Red Scar have made. For example, there's a whole new Doom mechanic. Last week, we talked about Fantasy Flight Games handing over their RPGs to Sister Studio Edge. Well, this week, Fantasy Flight Games announced two more books for Legend of the Five Rings. There's the adventure Blood of the Lions, and the source book Fields of Victory. Fields of Victory introduced warfare rules for Rokugan. Now, I'm not surprised that FFG are still blogging about L5R games. If they're gone to print, they need to be sold, and Asmodee will want to keep the game alive. Right now, though, an Edge is no place to communicate with fans, so it's got to be FFG. This week also sees the 20th anniversary of Death in Freeport. That was the first ever adventure made under D&D 3's OGL, and it won at the first ever Ennies, and then it won Origin's Best Adventure. Death in Freeport has now come to 5e, bringing with it the Valadomain, Buccaneers, Alley Rats and Serpentkin. We're even getting a new gaming magazine. It'll be called Arcadia, and it'll come from Matt Colville's company, MCDM. It will have a D&D focused, and it will probably cost $5 and be available via Patreon. Colville will have some, but not heavy involvement. His time is already limited. Instead, James Intracasso, who worked with Mac Mercer on the Explorer's Guide to Wildemount, and who wrote Roll20's Burn Bright, will be the managing editor. Colville's been pretty upfront about the magazine, calling it a three-issue test. If Arcadia doesn't move the needle on MCDM's finances, then I don't think it will continue. In comic books, Vampire the Masquerade Winter's Teeth is out now. Made by Vault Comics, this is Official World of Darkness, and each issue has stats on the NPCs and their powers from Modiphius, and they're the publishers of Vampire 5e. Here's a media type that we don't often talk about, well not yet, audio games. Amazon and Pazio work together on the Starfinder game, 
Now, the pilot has been out for a while and Geek Native has even blogged about expansions to it. That pilot must have passed its test because Amazon got Audible Studios involved. They then cast 13 voice actors. Anyone we know? Well, yes. Laura Bailey from Critical Role and The Last of Us is in the cast. Nathan Fillion from Firefly, Castle, Destiny 2 and a host of other great roles has a part two. I'm impressed. And I've not tried it yet, despite having Alexa. It costs $1.99 an episode, or $9.99 for the season. That doesn't mean D&D hasn't been dabbling with new media. Wizards of the Coast has given Manticore Games a license to use the D&D brand in Core. What's Core? It's a system that lets people make and design computer games with the same relative ease that Twitch lets you set up your own gaming channel. Well, that's the theory. To try and prove to us the D&D community that it works they're putting on a big competition for packs online but now and then we can use core for free and have a go and if we submit the adventure we've designed to the system the Manticore will pay the charity extra life 100 bucks and there are prizes for the best and the top prize is a $5,000 Amazon gift card since we've slid back to D&D let me quickly mention the new Unearth Arcana is out in it there's the Bard classes, A College of Spirits, in which you'll end up telling actual ghost stories to freak out your enemies or channel the powers of those actual ghosts to your allies. There's also the Undead as a patron for Warlocks. So yeah, if you want Strahd as your patron, you can do that now. I'm going to loop back to the World of Darkness to finish up. I played a demo of a computer game called Heart of the Forest, which I enjoyed very much. It's a Werewolf of the Apocalypse game from a company called Different Tales. The Different Tales team is led by designers who worked on the original The Witcher computer game. The demo was the best choose-your-own-adventure I've ever played. There are a few character stats, and character generation is a prologue in which your actions build your character. In my first playthrough, I was angry, bald, and aggressive. I ended up with all the rage and no cunning whatsoever. The game opens by describing a short bus trip to the wild forest you've been dreaming about and want to visit. I had pretty much run out of willpower before even getting off that bus, just because I was trying not to be too confrontational with the other passengers. It was great, I enjoyed the experience, but I also liked how strictly the computer acted as moderator. If I wanted to get those willpower points back, then I needed to stay in character and follow my address. That resulted, of course, in more impatient and angry decisions. The whole game is due at the end of the year. I don't think you need to have any World of Darkness or even Werewolf experience to play it, and I'm looking forward to it very much. And on that note, let's call it a wrap. Keep safe, keep well, and see you next week.